0: Well, I'm excited for our time tonight. You know, last week we began this study in the book of Philippians, and uh, we were looking at this very important passage, I think, for the times that we you know, are living in right now, where Paul writes to us these words in the book of Philippians, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men, because the Lord is at hand. And, you know, we talked about that last week, that we can rejoice even in times like this because God is sovereign, that he is on the throne, and he's near, that he hasn't abandoned us. Well, tonight we're going to get into the second part of Paul's message, and I've invited uh, some good friends here, uh, Pete Denham, who is our worship pastor, Aaron Savio, our high school pastor, and Rachel Urbina, who is the wife of our young adults pastor, Jamie. And uh, so thanks for joining me tonight, guys.
1: Excited to be here. Yeah, thanks, thanks for God having us. us. Hello,
0: church. So, what we're going to do is we're going to look at this passage tonight, but we're going to also just have a kind of a candid conversation about what Paul talks about here about anxiety and then you know, what he shares with us about how to have victory over that. And um, I wanted to invite these guys just to kind of make this real, because we're all going through this together. And um, so I'm going to read what Paul says, and then we'll jump into this. He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds, Through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. But Paul begins by saying, Be anxious for nothing. And that word anxious, it means to uh, divide. The word anxious is actually a combination of two words. Uh, The first word is to divide in the Greek, and the second word is the mind. And so to be anxious means to divide the mind. And we could actually say that anxiety is a thief, that it sets out to steal your thoughts, to steal your peace, to steal your confidence, And to steal your joy. Now, what's interesting about this is America as a whole, normally as a nation, is a nation that is filled with stress and anxiety. Statistics tell us that there are 40 million Americans who regularly are suffering from anxiety and stress. But I think in in a time like this, when we're having, you know, we're going through this coronavirus, that people's anxiety is like on steroids right now. I mean, there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of anxious people who are out there. And what's crazy about this, I mean, this is serious. And, you know, it's an unseen killer, this COVID-19 virus. And we're not sure exactly how it spreads. And it doesn't discriminate. I mean, I just read yesterday of a young 18-year-old guy in L.A. County who died of the virus. 18 years old. I mean, that just... You know, it breaks your heart when anybody dies, but just that this virus, it it doesn't just attack the elderly, it's also attacking people of all ages. So it is, it's scary, it's serious. And I know personally, you know, My family's been affected by this. I have an adult daughter um, who lives with me along with my grandson and my daughter um, is an asthmatic and she's also a diabetic and so because of that she had to uh, quit working. Because she's at high risk. So she had to tell her employer, sorry, I can't come in right now. And so that's a financial hardship. But it's also kind of scary because you know she's at high risk. My wife is also, my wife is asthmatic. She's at high risk. And so you know, I know for me, I mean, I, I'm, I'm taking this seriously. I mean, I, I wash my hands a lot regularly. I'm washing my hands constantly now. Because, you know, I don't want to be spreading any any germs. But, you know, I wanted to have you guys join me tonight because I know, you know, we're all dealing with this. And, and you know, Pete, you're a husband and you've got two, um, you know, small kids at home. Um, how, how are you guys feeling about this whole thing right now? Thanks for asking.
1: And thanks for being honest and, and yeah. uh, with your own experience. I think... Anytime you're dealing with young kids and and sickness and illness, um, there's a natural anxiety. Um, And certainly my wife and I are feeling this. When the the news started broadcasting um, about the COVID virus, um, you know, I think there's kind of a few stages of processing the whole thing. And for me, I I think I was in a little bit of denial, to be Mm. honest with you. Um, Maybe not realizing how deadly and how dangerous it actually is. Yeah. And, um, and, and so now that we've, we've learned more about it and we have more statistics, I think, you know, for, for, as the leader of my home, you know, what I'm trying to balance is how to pay attention to the truth of what's actually happening, yeah. how to not buy into fear, um, how to how to avoid having the the truth of, of what's happening statistically and, and the news of of what's current? Um, how to stop that from from becoming a, a, a battle with anxiety? Yeah. And um, you know wanting to protect protect you know our kids. Uh, that's how my wife and I feel is you know trying to make the right decisions mm-hmm. um, to protect uh, these two precious little souls. And so it's it's a battle. It's an ongoing battle every day. Um, yeah. Every day presents its different, you know, news articles and opinions and more and more statistics. And you're always having to have that heart and mind check. So yeah. that's kind of where we're at. But you know, we know, you know, we know that this is going to pass. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but we're trying to we're trying to hear from the heart of God and you know employ the, the wisdom of God in this. Yeah.
0: That's good. What about you, Rachel? You're uh, a mom, and you've got two kids, older, uh, high schooler now, almost. almost high school, and middle school.
2: Um, Thirteen and seven. Thir-
0: oh, yeah, way off to middle school. <laughs> Shep seems older than me. Yeah, yeah. How um, are you guys dealing with this?
2: I think along the lines of Pete, we had the same stages of processing. You know, there's a little bit of denial, and then when. Um, you know the boys events started to become canceled and baseball season is canceled and and these things that that affect their daily weekly lives start to um become no more you know then as a mom and and jamie as the as their dad you you have to be able to explain it in a way that they understand but that you don't want to pass along any fear or anxiety and um, I was thinking about this today, and 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 kids, I think, are generally very accepting of the situations that they're put in, yeah. um, especially if if they trust you as mom and dad. You know what you say, they're generally going to, up to a certain age, they're going <laughs> to accept that yeah. as truth. And so we're just very honest and open. And when they ask questions, we answer them. Um, as a mom, as a wife, as a homemaker, as a homeschool mom. Um, there's definitely been anxiety, you know. How are the bills going to be paid? Um, that's a huge one, um, especially with hiring freezes and and things just kind of coming to a stop. It's definitely on my mind, and it's on my mind daily. Yeah. It's something I have to constantly capture and give, and give to the Lord. And I and Jamie has has shared that it's the same way for him. And um, yeah, the anxiety is is palpable. I mean, is there going to be food when I go to the grocery store? Like mm. I've never had to think that before. Yeah, but. I've thought that or for the last paper. three weeks. I've thought that constantly. Like, yeah. what's going to be there when I get there, and if there's not, what am I going to feed my kids? I mean, it's such an interesting um, train of thought that I've never had to have. I've never had to experience in that way before. Um, so, so there's anxiety on many levels. Um, there's there's uncertainty across the board for sure. Um, but I. But we're very open in our home about it and, and just very, um, we keep the communication flowing. I'm having, this is how I feel today. Okay, well, you know, how are we going to drug those thoughts or whatever? But, but we're definitely going through it as a family. We're definitely in it together. And um, for the most part, I will say the peace of God has been incredible in
0: our home. That's great. That's great. And then what about you, Aaron? Because, I mean, you're a single guy, you live alone. And uh, you're also a very social guy, you like people, and now you're on home isolation. Yeah. Um, how are you dealing with all of that, and, and how's this anxiety issue affecting you right now?
3: Yeah, I'm, by default, I'm a very naturally people, person-oriented guy. I love being around crowds, I don't have a problem navigating through large crowds and thriving in it. And so this is a flip of a switch, it's totally different. Um, and I think that there's it's multi-layered in in where I'm at right now with my family situation, um, having them be isolated from me, living alone. Um just three weeks ago, my brother and sister-in-law gave birth to a preemie baby, eight weeks old. Yeah. And, uh, you know, his lungs, little baby Canaan, his lung his lungs are underdeveloped. And so he's not breathing on his own quite yet. Yeah. And so there's feelings of helplessness because I want to be there for baby Canaan and yeah. for my brother and sister-in-law. Yeah. Especially because prior to uh, the miracle birth of Canaan, they had a miscarriage. And so it's mm-hmm. just very, it's it's just... Sensitive. And then not even a month ago, uh, my grandpa was also in the ICU, just about to end his life, Um, just with sickness and all the different things. Uh, Praise the Lord, he's out of the hospital now, but now the caretakers, I'm thinking, are they practicing safe procedures? You know, when they're dealing with him in the recovery, right. you know, so there's anxiety there on all levels. Like I can't be there for my family. Hmm. Um, and even though I'm, I'm not a medical professional, I couldn't help them anyways. I'd like to be present with them yeah. too. And, and, and there's a, there is a loneliness that settles in um, with understanding my family, at least they're quarantined together where I'm kind of alone with my thoughts at night. And it's just like, sometimes I don't like the, th- the things that I think yeah. by myself. And so it's hard not to process those things with other people because that's just been my life. Um, right. so it's been very difficult. Um, so feeling helpless a lot, uh, feeling, um, lonely and then also feeling uh, a lot of fear, you know, mm. what does this mean for my family? What does this mean for my job? And you know, yeah. no, no one knows,
0: right? There's so many unknowns. So there's a lot of things going on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate that honesty there. And, and, uh, you know, I think one of the things that I'm, I'm kind of really thinking about, you know, during this time right now is just the fact that, you know, people in your situation, older and, and just even single people in general who, if this, you know, isolation thing goes on, you know, for a long period of time, I mean, I think that the potential for people to, you know, commit suicide right. in mass numbers could be really, really drastic. And so you know, it's it's scary. I mean, it is scary. I mean, this is something like, you know, we've been calling this, you know, we're living in unprecedented times, and this really is um, unprecedented. We've never experienced something, you know, like this. Now, you know, President Trump said today that he's hoping that, you know, we can get back to church by Easter Sunday, and if it's safe enough to do that, I think that would be amazing. I'm with Greg Glory. Let's be praying for an Easter miracle. Um, but, you know the chances are that might not happen god you know barring god moving and working in in a miraculous way because uh you know there's still a lot of unknowns yeah. to this and um so i appreciate you know you guys sharing that and i find it interesting because paul you know when he says here be anxious for nothing um the context or the the phrasing of this what he's sharing here is actually a command it's not a suggestion it's put in the present imperative sense so it has a strong emphasis it's it's like he's saying i command you to stop worrying but it's not just a you know hey don't worry be happy sentiment that paul's giving us here he's not just you know putting out positive vibes for us, um, Paul gives us some tools here about fighting anxiety when he says this, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And I want to talk about uh, what he says here and talk about these words for a few minutes. The word, the word prayer that he mentions here is a word that means to bring before or to present, and it really carries the idea of, of devotion. So it's like God saying, I want you to bring your cares. You know, Peter says in 1 Peter 5, 8, casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. And so it's kind of that idea of he's saying, bring this, present this to me. And, and it's like an aspect of devotion. And I think it's really interesting when we think about the fact that Jesus said, hey, when you pray... Pray in this way. Say, our Father who art in heaven. And I think that's a great connection is to realize that as, you know, we're we're coming to him as our Father, you know. And he's saying, present that to me. And I know when my kids were younger, I just loved it when they would come and present their problems to me. You know, it just made me feel like, oh man, they need me. And, or now when my grandson, Josiah does that, I mean, it just really blesses my heart. He's like, Poppy, you know, and and he wants me to help him with something. And and it, it, it draws my heart, you know, into him. And I think that, um, you know, that's how God is. I think that's what Paul's, you know, saying here. Hey, present this. It carries this idea um, of presenting it to him. But then the word supplication is a word that means to cry out with emotion. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the two of them are kind of interesting because you have this endearment as dad and, and the presenting sort of as a worship thing. But then you have this crying out. And I think it's really God's way of saying, hey, I want you to be real with me. You know, because sometimes we have that tendency to put on our Christian knees, and we want to be fake, and we want to hide everything, and we want to, you know, and God's saying just be real, be real with me in coming to you. But then he says, but then Paul says, so prayer and supplication, but then he throws this in with thanksgiving. And when I first read that, it almost seems like it doesn't make, doesn't fit. You know, it's like, hey, present, bring your needs to me and come cry out to me, you know, come with, with you know, be real, and, but do it thankfully. And, and so I, I wanted to ask you guys, and I'll start with you, Pete. Why do you think Paul says it like that? Why do you think the Holy Spirit inspires Paul to add in that thanksgiving element into this conversation at this point?
1: I think, it's, I think it's a beautiful verse, and um, I love that we can be real with our <laughs> Heavenly Father. Yeah. We can never overburden him. You know mm-hmm. and I think we need to be careful to project our other interpersonal relationships on our Heavenly Father, because yeah. I can burden my wife, yeah. with the things that are on my heart or the things I'm struggling with. I, I can't burden my heavenly Father. Like, yeah. He has all the resources of heaven. And I think one of the reasons why Paul puts Thanksgiving there to me is, I mean this is a beautiful picture of worship really, um, I think, is is coming in surrender and being honest and real. You know, I think of, like, when we think of, like, the roots of, of what it even means to worship. You know, I, I know the Father is looking for worshipers who worship in spirit and truth, and we see that. You know, interaction with the Samaritan woman at the well. Right. Jesus is pulling from this, from, out from this woman for her to just be honest about who she really is. You know? So we can, we can come with a spirit of, of honesty and, and reverence and, and worship to him. And so I think that's, that could be one of the reasons why he puts thanksgiving there. And also I think when we, when we give thanks, <laughs> I mean, at least in my own life personally, um, I, I experience freedom from anxiety when I start to give thanks. Like when I'm pouring out my heart to the Lord, if I'm being honest with him, but then I say, but you know what, God, you're holy and you're high and lifted up and there's no one like you. And I thank you for what is. And I thank you for what does exist. Um, I think when we start to pray, we start to worship in, in that way, powerful things take place. I think it's like a, a shift in the atmosphere of our souls, so to speak.
3: about so. well, you, Aaron. I think Paul includes with thanksgiving because it implies an exercise of faith, hmm. you know, and without faith it is impossible to please him, right? And um, I notice in those times of thanksgiving, in the midst of the problems and the casting our cares upon him, that uh, focus is redirected and faith is is built up, right, because you're addressing the problems as you cast them. But thanksgiving allows you to, like what Pete was saying, to declare the lord and his character yeah. and then all of a sudden your problems seem to shrink and then right. the, the glory of the lord is being revealed more and more and you're reminding your own heart this is who is for me right mm-hmm. and so there there's kind of like it's a cycle i can be thankful because he is for me and as i'm being thankful my faith is being built up and so i think uh, you know paul inspired by the holy spirit is just like there's an aspect of faith that the lord really does bless and mm-hmm. he just man just doesn't work like there's a shift in the atmosphere yeah. because faith is is being uh, awakened at that time so that's amen. why i think so
0: amen you want to add anything to that rachel
2: uh, yeah the only thing i'll say um is that thankfulness for me it's very grounding so when i'm when i'm in my anxiety i'm it's chaos right and in, in my brain I, it's, it's hard to to focus on anything but the anxiety and the anxiousness but the act of being thankful and whether it's writing down what I'm thankful for or um, speaking it out loud or just having that moment with the Lord or, or doing it with my kids, like, what are we thankful for today? It grounds me, it, it redirects my focus, and it puts my feet on solid ground, for lack of a better word.
0: Yeah, it's great. You know, I think for, for me, um, it's kind of like what, what you said, Aaron, is, you know, it's it's that whole idea, you hear me say this often, of, you know... To get my eyes off of the horizontal, you know, because I, I just, my problems are oftentimes, it's all in my head because I overthink everything, you know. And so I start overthinking and I'm looking at everything, and, and when I look up, and I see the Lord. And like you said, you see him and his greatness and that he's bigger than the problem. It's like it does. It brings the problem back into perspective. And I remember, you know, and I, coming back to that whole picture of coming to him as our father, that when I was a kid and I would run to my dad for something, I mean, there was that sense of like, there's nothing that my dad can't do, right. you know? Yeah. And I think that's that same type of thing. Of of I'm coming, I'm crying out, but there's a like almost. I would think of thankfulness depicts a confidence, you know, that I'm confident that, you know, God's got this. And you know, when when I when we were doing worship tonight, and and I was, um, you know, watching you, Rachel, as you were worshiping, and and just, you know, entering in. And, and, I, and I know that this is hard for you as a mom. And I just think, you know, that's such a great posture for us to be in that place, just arms out, hands open, just, you know, receptive, saying, Lord, I, I need you right now in this moment. And I'm going to look to you. I'm going to lift my eyes. I'm going to look, you know, to the heavens. And it's amazing because Paul says that this is the, the result of that. You know, he says it's then that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And I like the fact that he says that it's not a peace that comes because of understanding. Because I'll be honest, I mean, there's a whole lot about this whole thing right now that I do not understand at all. I don't understand where it's going. I don't know understand how long it's going to last. I'm I'm, I don't understand exactly how it gets transmitted. I'm you know, uh, you know, should I be watching what I touch or not touch, and you know all of that. In fact, uh, when this all started, I went to um, the market one day with my grandson, and I had him in the the cart, and you know, we were shopping and then I came home with him. And then later, I think it was that night, I heard that, oh, it can be transmitted through hard surfaces and it sticks to plastic. And so for like the whole, I'm looking at my grandson, you know, the whole time thinking like, oh no, you know, is he gonna get sick? Did I kill my grandson, you know? And, and just having these these fears, you know, because of that. And so there's a lot that I don't understand, but I love what Paul says here that it's the peace of God. That surpasses our understanding. That meets us in the midst of of this realm that we don't understand, and it guards our hearts. What what, what comes to your mind, you know, Pete, when you think about uh, your heart being guarded?
1: Yeah, well, the picture I'm given when I think of of, of being guarded is is a fortress, um, <laughs> and. You know, when the peace of God is ruling our hearts and minds, um, it's, it's protecting us. Yeah. It's protecting us from lies. It's protecting us from fear. And um, it's also keeping us in. Yeah. You know, it's helping us stay positionally where we, where we need to stay um, to survive, which is in the peace of God. So that's what kind of comes to my mind when I think of um, the peace of gar- God guarding my heart um, and it's something that we it's something that we cling cling to yeah desperately um, in times like this
0: so let's get practical here because paul you know he says don't be anxious but with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known to god so l- let's talk about for e- each one of you i don't want to hear from each one of you just practically what that looks like for you, you know, what's kind of the process, Aaron, that you go through when all of a sudden the anxiety starts to come? You start to have these feelings of, I can't be with my family, I hope my grandpa's okay, um, you know, and, and, and then you want to incorporate, imply what Paul's saying here. What does that practically look like for you in your
3: Life. Yeah, for me, one of the blessings of being at home is that I can just speak out loud, and I have to do that. I have to. I have yeah. to pause, and I have to address those things before they overtake my heart. And if, if I don't guard it, then I'm thinking about the implications of everything, you know. So I don't, mm. if I don't catch it at the start, it's harder to. Um, Put out the fire, so to yeah. speak. And so I have to address those things and say, Lord, I am feeling this. And then I, I wait and I ask the Lord to remind me of a promise that addresses those different things. Mm. And so it's, it's so cool how the Holy Spirit is discipling me in that way. And he's bringing to memory uh, verses, you know, and, and passages of scripture that I've meditated on before to address those different things. Um, even last night, I I was in my bed just thinking, and um, I had to lift up a song in the night, you know, kind of how Paul and Silas were, were singing in yeah. hymns to the Lord while they were in jail, Acts 16. Um, I was singing the sanctuary, your perfect love cast out all fear. Yes. And I needed to do that to, to settle my heart. You know, and so that—that's one of the blessings of living at home. I'm not waking anybody up, you know, but I can just stop and I can address the Lord and I can sing and uh, just tell my heart to calm down through the different truths of the songs that I've been able to lift up in the night. That's great. That's great.
0: Um, what about you, Rachel? What does it look like for you?
2: Yeah. So um, one thing that I have kind of a friend shared with me, um, when the anxious thoughts come is to kind of follow them through. Don't just let them hang there in your mind. Okay. Well, what if X, Mm. Y, and Z were to happen? So I I allow myself sometimes to kind of go down, which I know at this point seems counterintuitive, but, um, (laughs) I I allow myself to go down the road. Like what if X, Y, and Z were to happen? Is God not still in control Mm. and is God still not sovereign? And can God not still reach into that situation and do what he wants to do? Yeah. Because, and a friend had shared this with me also, when, you, when you're anxious and you're living in your anxiety, what you've done is you've taken God out of the equation. You're looking at the situation as if, you know, the sky is falling and there's no one there to lift it back up. Hmm. But But to calm those anxious thoughts, you're saying, no, 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 the sky may be falling, but my God is able to stand and to lift yeah. it back up. And that is done through many different ways. You know, being in the word is imperative, I think, because you can't pull from scripture if you don't know scripture. Mm. Um, Having um, worship music on, and it's so calming in our home. It just brings an atmosphere, a tone. It changes the tone of our family. Mm. Um, And then for my kids, you know, Shep struggles with anxiety even at seven. I allow him to talk through that. Well, what is it exactly? And mm. because I need to train him,
0: so good. to
2: okay. Well, it's okay to feel that way, but this is how you know we are then able to to address the, that fear that you have that you know the house is going to catch on fire or right. or whatever it is. Um, so those are just a few ways, practically um, for me and for my kids that I that I find that are very helpful and that um, bring peace.
0: Oh, that's great. Love that, thank you rachel and I'm, I'm glad that Jamie talked you into doing this tonight. <laughs> that was some really good uh insights, um much better I think than he would have brought so <laughs> um, you know, I wanted to comment something that you said, Aaron, and that was the fact that um you said you had to talk out loud because mm. I know for me um, that is so necessary. you know this morning, as I was trying to have my devotions and I'm reading and there's just so many thoughts flooding my mind. And I was the first one, you know, up in the house and, and, um, and I'm, you know, reading and I'm just struggling like, okay, what did I just read? You know? And, and I finally, I just had to read out loud, you know, to kind of just focus and, and really concentrate because I find right now, my mind is being just bombarded. You know, um, I'm on a, text thread with a bunch of pastors who are always commenting on two of these things, which I probably shouldn't be, you know, and and they're all, you know, have their ideas and different things going on. And, and, um, yeah, it's just, it's just nuts, you know, right now. And so, um, that, that was something I really resonated with that sometimes you just have to pray out loud, talk out loud, sing out loud, you know, and, uh, but sometimes that can be hard when you know you're in a household full of people. But what about you, Pete? How how do you apply the prayer supplication with Thanksgiving in your personal life right now, in the midst of this? Yeah,
1: so I'm very similar to both of you, and and that is that I'm a verbal processor, and so um, one of the practices that I like to engage in when it comes to to prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving is is to pray out loud, is to talk through. Um, my anxieties and my fears to pour out praise um, to our heavenly father um, and so that might look different every day sometimes i 'm able to get up early and i 'm able to you know we live in a in a small house so i i i can 't really wake up everyone you know in the wee hours of the morning so i 'll try and step outside and, and just and go on a walk breathe in some fresh air you know and and work through these things with the Lord. Um, this morning sometimes the mornings are chaotic chaotic you know with little kids Mm -hmm. and so we were feeding them breakfast and we put on you know uh the word of god just um audibly Mm. and we put it on our table and we were just listening to the gospel of luke together as a family and honestly it was so peaceful Mm. the kids it it, it was like it was honestly like a shift in the atmosphere not to sound like like a sensationalist but um but, yeah, it was. you could tell that the Lord was ministering through his word. So, yeah, verbal processing. Um, yesterday, uh, I felt, I'm not going to lie, I felt so overwhelmed um, by, by all of this. I, I got alone, and I just wept. Mm. I wept, and I just cried. And I got on my face, and I just cried. Mm. Um, and that was so healthy. Mm. And um, I felt our Abba Father's touch and his love invade that space. So um, those are ways practically, you know, I think, I think, you know, we, um, you know, we, we don't, we need to be careful not put God in a box. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And, the, and the voice of God in a box. Like the, the Lord can speak to us in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And I think the key is really setting our mind on things above Mm-hmm. Not on earthly things. Right. And that can, you know, that can be worship music. That can be opening God's word. That can be praying. That can be talking with your spouse or with your loved one about the truth of who God is. Mm-hmm. And I think the Lord can invade those spaces very powerfully. Um, another way I've, I've, I've done this is to pray with Sierra, my wife, it's mm-hmm. just to, to get with her and just let's just talk and let's pray. Um. And the the peace of God definitely reigns in those moments.
0: That's great, and you know, um, I'm glad that you brought that up about just the you know the need to be able to just really focus on the truth because that's really what Paul transitions into in this next part of uh, this passage where he says there in verse eight he says finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble. Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And, you know, that's really, I think, the the second part of this, you know, that we, we pray, we pour out our heart, we come to the Lord and focus on who He is, but then we have to to then walk in that. And the way we walk in that is by meditating on these things. You know, I often will use this analogy. I think sometimes we have a tendency, we'll come before God, you know, and we'll put down our backpack of burdens before him and we pour out our hearts and then we pick it up and put it on our back and walk out. And he's like, you know, I, I, I'm like, well, help, but you got to leave that here, you know. And um, and so when when Paul says, you know, whatever things, you know, meditate on whatever's true. Well, we know that truth is found in the pages of God's Word. And um, I was meditating today on, on Psalm 19, um, and this is verses 7 through 10 in the New Living Translation. And it's really a, a declaration about God's word that is promised, or that is followed by a promised effect of meditating on the word. So it says, the instructions of the Lord are perfect. And then here's the result, reviving the soul. Boy, we need our souls revived, don't we? The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Man, I need some wisdom. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. Boy, I need joy in times like this. Um, The command of the Lord is clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true, each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the honeycomb. The stock market is crashing, but God's Word is still rich, you know? (laughs) That's good. And um, what are some of the truths... Aaron, that we should be thinking about, you know, the, Paul talked about in the spiritual battle. And I think that this whole wrestle that we have with anxiety is also part of the spiritual battle. You know, Paul talked about, you know, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And the devil throws his fiery darts at us and we put on the belt of truth you know, to combat that. So we, we combat the lies and, and anxiety oftentimes is the lies or it's the over-exaggeration of things that are happening, you know, with us. So what are some of the truths that we should be focusing on right now, do you think? Mm.
3: I think you mentioned this a couple weeks back and how the Lord holds the span of the universe, the universe in the span of his hands. I think you got that from Hebrews chapter 1 yes. where it says that Jesus sustains everything by the word of his power. And um, the truth is that the Lord is above it all and he's in charge, and he's in control. Because if you read on, he's also seated at the right hand of the Majesty and He's not yeah. pacing back and forth. He's right. not anxious. Right. And so one of the truths, too, coming from that is that we can enter into a time of rest because he is seated, and he is at rest as well. Yeah. So the Lord is in control. He's at rest. You can enter into that rest. I think those are the truths that I've been holding on to. Um, and then one of the other things that the Lord spoke to me yesterday is that this is not our home, you know. Yes. Blessed is the man whose heart is set on pilgrimage. We're just yeah. passing through, yeah. and so to kind of view it from a thirty thousand foot distance, yeah, you know, this world is not my home, you know. So I, I, I can be okay with it falling
0: apart and decaying because those are the you know, the signs yeah. of the end times too. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, Rachel, any truths right now that you're that you find yourself just focusing on, meditating on?
2: Yeah, it's interesting that both Pete and Aaron touched on um, having that eternal perspective. And I feel like when I'm reading in my devotions and even just as I'm processing throughout the day, the Lord has continued to remind me of that. You know, do not fear. I will provide for you. You know, this is not what it's about on this horizontal plane. And so for me, there's always been a real tricky balance of like, okay, Lord, I understand that, but I am here. And so how can I be effective? While keeping, you know, my mind set on things above and my perspective on what is true and what matters, and um, I think that's something that he speaks to each of us individually through his spirit as we each as we go through each day and as as. Um, I've been challenged, even in this time, to spend more of an intentional time in prayer. Um, I have the time now. <laughs> I can't use that as an excuse, yeah. as I so often would would do in the past, and um, and to to be quiet and to to listen to His voice. And mm. it's such a sweet, sweet time. Um, to, to hear what he has to say and, and to block out the noise of my my very long to do list. You know, it's it's not so long yeah. <laughs> anymore. Yeah. And um it's it's been a blessing and trying to to see how each day has amazing blessing from the Lord and how it's how it's affecting our family in a positive way. Yeah. And and to not bemoan all the things that we've missed mm-hmm. or all the things that we can't control, you know. Yeah. Um, so, so for sure, having that heavenly perspective, having having our mindset on 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 what is above and, and the things that are eternal. Yes. You know, and the things that matter, and the things that will will be uh, lasting forever. You know, even yeah. as as we pass on and, and as we're no longer here on this earth, the things that have weight and have value, and then also to be able to try to communicate that. To my kids, um, you know, to help change their perspective. You know, some days it's so easy to just complain and 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 to think today was boring or or there was nothing fun. You know, is kind of what we hear sometimes. And um, <laughs> and and so a practice that we have in our family is at the end of every day. Um, Everyone has to pick at least two things that they were blessed by, that that that, that, that were good, that they're thankful for, and and we thank the Lord for those things, yeah. you know? So that's just something that is more of a practical thing to bring the kids in and, and help change their minds um, when things are boring.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's good. I love that. Um, some great, great insight there. And, uh, you know, for me, one of the things that I've been, um, and it's, I don't want to sound morbid, but just you know in helping to overcome the sense of fear is just the the truth that you know our day is appointed you know every one of us has a day that is appointed for us and and so you know not that I want to be reckless or you know be irresponsible in any way um, in in what I'm doing and how I'm living, but at the same time realizing, you know, if today's my day, um, it's going to happen regardless. Um, and I find comfort. You know, I take comfort in that as well, to be able to live, in a sense, courageously, you know, and still be in a place where, you know, as I talked about last week, where, um, you know, we, we're isolating right now, but we want to make sure we don't detach You know, and uh, there's that part of me that very easily could just want to detach because I'm naturally kind of an introvert, you know, and I could just easily just kind of go, you know, I'm just going to kind of hole up in my own little crib here, you know, and and uh, but realizing, no, we have a place in this world and we need to be present and we need to have you know, um, a, a way that, you know, God wants to use us. You know, I've been saying, you know, it's, it's time for us to shine, and this is a time. And and, uh, and so that's been something I've been, you know, just meditating on in the realm of all this. So what about you, Pete? What are some of the truths you've been holding on to during this time?
1: Yeah, I, two. Um, and the first is I've, I've been reflecting on the Lord's Prayer hmm. and I've been very challenged by it. Um, the particular part where Jesus instructs us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. Um, This is challenging. It's a challenging thing to pray because if we're all honest, we would, (laughs) our flesh would prefer our kingdom to come Mm. and our will to be done. God has a plan. God is enthroned. He's in control. Um, And so, I've been praying, Your kingdom come, Your will be done. And there's such peace in that prayer. Yeah. Because man. I don't have to have it all figured out. Um, I don't have to have it all pieced together because He does. Yeah. So that's been refreshing for me. And two, we're, we're, we like to create heaven on earth. We were talking about this yeah. yesterday in our staff meeting. You know, we love heaven on earth um, and we want it on our own terms. Yeah. And I feel like right now the Lord is shaking some of our ideals in that way. Big time. So I've been dwelling on that, and I've found great comfort in that. The second thing, I read this this morning, and uh, it's from Psalm five and Mm. uh, verse eleven and twelve. But let all those rejoice who put their trust in Mm. you. Let them ever, ever shout for joy because you defend them. I Uh love that. that God is our defense, Um, and let those. Also, who love your name, be joyful in you. In verse 12, for you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. Come on, amen. In Jesus' name, Would we <laughs> receive some blessings and then i love this with favor you will surround him as with a shield mm. so the two ideas that i've been dwelling on is the is god as as our defender and as our defense and then surrounding us with a shield mm. i think when there's a virus you know like this <laughs> i'm kind of clinging to yeah. that that word picture yeah. of, of a shield like lord be our shield you know be our defense because we're trusting in you so we can rejoice amen um, just singing that talking that over my life, you know, um, talking that over my family, that we can rejoice and, and we can ever rejoice because God is, God
0: is who he is. Amen, amen. You know, I think that prayer that Jesus told us to pray that you mentioned, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, really encapsulates, I think, what Paul is saying here. When he says, "Think," when you think, you know, meditate. This is what I want you to be meditating on. You know, what, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, of good report. You know that—that's his kingdom. Yeah. You know that's what we're longing for. You know. And um, so as we kind of wrap this up tonight, and I really do appreciate you guys uh, being a part of this. I, I, it's really been great insight, and I've enjoyed it a lot because you know, I thought, okay, I could teach this and kind of share you know, my own personal um, perspective on it, but I thought it'd be so great to get the perspective of a mom um, of a young dad, of a single bro, and um, it, I'm really glad we did this. It's been really, really good. And uh, he is taken, though he's got a woman. Just if you're watching this, and um, not, single you know, <laughs> not single for long, not yes. single for long. Yeah, we love, we love you, Ellen. <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, Paul, as we wrap this up, you know, he says, "Be anxious for nothing. Instead, pray." Bring, bring, present your heart. And, and that's really, I think that's the presentation. You know, that, that word means we're presenting our heart before the Lord. But we're coming in honesty and crying out. But we're coming in thanksgiving, remembering who he is. And then we continue to walk through the day by meditating on these things that we know are true, these things that really encapsulate, who he is, and the kingdom. You know that Jesus is is wanting to um, see his kingdom advance on this earth. Yeah. You know. Um, oftentimes, I was thinking about this the other day. We we often think of the kingdom as Jesus came the first time, you know, as the line of the, or the as the Lamb to, for our salvation. You know, the Lamb who was slain, and He's going to come a second time as the Lion to set up His kingdom. But I think we forget that Jesus actually introduced His kingdom in His first coming. You know, He talked a bunch about His kingdom, and He gave His disciples and us the you know, the the admonition, you know, the the task if you would, the calling, that's the word I'm looking for, of of promoting the kingdom, you know? And his kingdom is attached to a cross. It's about sacrifice, it's about love. It's about being others-centered and others-oriented. And and this is really, you know, what we're called to, you know, at this time is to be, you know, just thinking about how we can—it's why we're practicing social distancing, even up here on the stage. It's why we're not gathering as a church right now, you know, because we're concerned. We want to be safe. and, and uh, But at the same time, you know, we, we need to be thinking about, hey, um, we're here— because really it's about what's going to happen there, you know. And so we are praying. We're, we're bringing our hearts before him. We're anticipating, you know, him to move and work. Uh, but we're praying, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done. And um, Pete, I'd like for you to just kind of end our time tonight by just uh, praying for our church and praying for um, just everybody watching here this evening.
1: Father, we love you, and Lord, we place our trust in you and our hope in you, and God, we thank you that you are ever faithful, um, that you never change. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus, we praise your holy and precious name together now. Mm. Lord, you are seated high at the right hand of the throne of God, a position of authority and power and strength. Jesus, we love you, we trust in you, and we know that you are at work in and through all of this. So, Lord, we pray together that your kingdom would come and your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we trust you, and we look forward to see how you are going to continue to work in and despite all of this, Lord. Um, We love you. And I pray for our church family. Lord, I pray for those who are tuning in right now. That God, you more than ever would reveal yourself to them as the Prince of Peace. Mm -hmm. Lord, I pray that you would um, flood their homes with your spirit. Lord, I pray that you would touch each family. You would touch each person with a fresh touch and anointing of your spirit. Give them the strength that they need, the peace that they so desperately mm. need. And God, we, we just want to say together in agreement that we love you, mm. that you are the name above all names, the only name under heaven by which we are saved. And God, we place our trust in you. We pray for our country. Lord, would you rid our country of this illness in the name yes, of Jesus? Lord. Would you give doctors and and medical experts wisdom where wisdom is needed? Be with our president and his administration. Lord, give them wisdom and discernment. Mm -hmm. Help them to hear from you, Lord, directly from heaven. Mm -hmm. God, so they can make well-informed decisions. And Lord, would you protect us and protect, protect each member of our precious church family. Lord, we love you, we trust you, and it's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray these things. Amen.